Hi! You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. Happy 2020. Here we <laughs> you are. mean like happy 2000 years old? You are because okay. you're 40 now. Uh, Fuck you, dude. It's over. Oh, my God. Well, it's been over. It's been over, but it's really over now. We, uh, we're talking about this Jason Zumwalt who's impossibly even older than us. Uh, we were on a three person text change uh, yesterday on the occasion of your 40th birthday. And I had thrown out there and I believe you agreed that if you work, for instance, in an industry where you're surrounded by young people and we, both of us are mm-hmm. um, at the NFL, there's a bunch of 20 somethings fresh out of USC expected to get full-time jobs immediately. Yes. That's the culture. And um, and running things and running things. And you uh, in an entertainment business, there's all those young whippersnappers around. By the time you're like 36 and if you you're married and you have kids, you're already ancient. So like to me, I don't stress out about being 40, which is happening in four and a half months uh, because I kind of. I already feel old. It already happened to me once I got married and had kids. Yeah, four years ago when I was 36, I was doing the Nikki Glaser show Not Safe, and I was the old guy in the room. You were I, responsible for that show not lasting, right? Right. Was I was like, you. after the second season, they were like, this isn't good enough because of Bob. Yeah. Yeah. You bounced back from it, though. Not not really. You got I the, never fully recovered. The big Lego show is coming up. That is. Lego Masters on Fox. If that doesn't work, your career's over. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's my last like guess. And nobody wants to hire a 40-something comedy writer not, all right, who's all right, not hold established. On, hold on. Back so up. you need to get this. All right. Back up. I'm not 40-something. I'm 40. <laughs> no, man. No, once it. you... No, 40-something includes... Over, it. That's like bro. mid-40s. Like I said in my touching Instagram message to you, don't be mad that it's over. <laughs> Oh, you're Be talking happy about, it happened at all. That was about life. That was your life. <laughs> that was about having anything good at all. Well, today was actually so I've been 40 for one day now. Oh, 40 God. something for a day. Oh, I just and um, I was uh, you're an old piece of shit. I was at the uh, grocery store buying uh, some wine and some other stuff. and Some male Depends diapers? When, when, that's come on. So when I was paying, <laughs> the woman at the counter asked to see my ID. Woman asked to see my ID. So I gave her my ID. Why did she ID you? Because it was, you know, grocery store. I don't know. So I gave my, because buying wine, I gave her the ID. She goes, how old are you? And I go, old. And she goes, no, you need to say it. It's the policy. I need to hear you say it. <laughs> and I was like, 40? Oh, that's so fucked it up. It was so fucked up. It was a hate crime. I was a victim of a hate crime. That was the that's worst ageism. thing. That was ageism. I, I left feeling like a And I believe, Bob, I believe, and none of this applies to me because I'm in my 30s. I'm 30-something. You are Um, 40-something. I believe the expectant life expectancy for a male in the United States is right around 80 now. So you are middle-aged. Like, you are the textbook definition of a middle-aged man. Middle-aged man. I mean... (laughs) You look at my gut. Quit looking at my (laughs) gut. One of the most underrated Mike Myers (laughs) SNL characters. And the, the opening credits was him just jogging, mm-hmm. and then he'd double over because he would have uh, the pain on, in the sides. So I woke up on uh, my birthday, 
And I was like, all right, like I just got back. I was in Florida. Can we bring back Mike Myers? He's I don't know. Exile. Are we ready now? I mean, we watched Love Guru and that you was did. not a great, but great situation. But middle-aged man, come on. That's pretty good. You think you're ready for a movie? Middle-aged man movie? Well, that's the danger. I went to the gym on my birthday and I was like, you know what? That's so, oh, that's just so, because, such a cliche. Just because I'm 40 doesn't mean I can't still do it. I'm going to get on the treadmill and oh, run 10 miles. I'd love to hear your inner monologue <laughs> as you're getting dressed for the gym. Like, well, fresh start. I'm 40, but I'm not going to look it. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh is what really makes that feel shitty. I have something for you, Bob. On really? On the occasion of your 40th birthday. Really? Hang on one second. Okay. You, you don't have to play the vamp song. I could talk. You sure? No, maybe play the vamp song. Yeah, I'll play the vamp song. Thank you to Joe D. Prospero for writing a song that allows me to sit back and not have to think of something clever while Dan wanders around his garage. But now we've reached a situation where I have to search for the vamp song. So I have to vamp while you're you looking for the vamp song? while I look for the vamp. Oh, man, this is not good. This is a good challenge for you, though. You blew it. You had nothing. Uh, you, had, you gave me two seconds. <laughs> you know what time it is, baby. Let's do it. Time for Bob to vamp. Well, my first thought is, it's so confusing. I feel it in my pants. And uh, what more can you say? I feel it in my thighs. Uh, uh, but don't, don't do this now. He makes the dolphins cry. The way you're All right, enough of that. Okay. Now you didn't even let him finish the way you bathed in light. Come on. Since you are forty, Bob, I have for us to celebrate on the Throwback Pod a incredible bottle Ooh. of bourbon that was a gift to me that I will share with you. Whoa, Kentucky Owl. I looked it up. It is a pricey bottle of bourbon. Oh my God! This looks beautiful. So I have got two glasses here. Look at this. Look, at this is a celebration. I even, Bob, got, brought those stupid ice cubes that fancy, fancy boys. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I have. Hey, those, wait a minute. Those are my ice cubes. <laughs> no, I got some, too. Okay. Every the man rocks. in his 30s was given to them at some point. Yeah, that was a big gift at 33. Somebody to get you whiskey, whiskey stones. If you were born when Bob and I were in 1980, at 23, you got a poker set. Yes. At 33, you got these stupid rocks. You got like a full, to... you got like glasses and the whiskey stones. And, <laughs> so uh, loud. They don't really work. Of course they do. What, the rocks? I like the rocks. All right. Well. All right. So I'm going to open, I'm going to open up this delicious bottle of confiscated Kentucky L, Kentucky straight Bourbon whiskey. I am so so excited about this. Bourbon has been my favorite hard alcohol for a decade now. No gives a fuck. You're dying soon. And I decided in my 40s, going to kind of slow down on the beer and just beef up the bourbon. Really? Yeah. Uh, For health reasons? No, just because I really like it. And uh, I just want to be a guy drinking more bourbon. That is a good look. Yeah. All right. Sounded good. Oh, Dan. This is going to get us nice and loose. Heavy pour. <laughs> Heavy pour. Thank you. Heavy pour for an old man. Old fuck. Well, so, because... Cheers. cheers. Here we go. First Happy cheers birthday, buddy. Thank you, buddy. 
Ooh, that but hair on your gash. <laughs> Don't say that like that. That is horrible. Can we retire the man gash thing? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I think we have to. It's 2020. Thank you to everybody who supported us through that disgusting period in our lives. It was disgusting, and <laughs> it, it should have never been, been a thing on this podcast, and now it is over. I was listening to a recent discarded pod of ours. You know, we haven't talked much about the, it happens. the more recent discarded pods. We had one with Jason Zumwalt where we did... I'm not even going to say what we did, but we were just throwing around the gash the entire time. Does Jason time. know that it's a discarded podcast, or is he going to find out while he's listening to this podcast? Spoiler alert, Jason. We're never going to hear the first podcast we did that night. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Goodwill hunting style. It's not your fault, no, Jason. There was a lot of gash being thrown around. Man gash, of course. and uh, None of it funny. None. So let's move on. Anyway, so... Before we get into, you went to the gym, by the way. Bob. I went to the gym, and with did the, you feel it? Did you feel older? Because no, I mean, I go to the gym now. Oh yes, you do. Clearly, um, but my good friend Chris Wessling, um, he's a little bit older than us, uh, and he is steadfast in his claim that everything goes wrong physically at forty for for a man. I'm interested in that because I feel the exact same. I've felt the exact same from like seventeen to thirty nine. So I'm curious to see if it hits. Yeah. So I basically, kind of I basically always had the body of a 40 year old. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And I feel like we're fortunate in that sense. We've made it 40 years without like serious health setbacks or anything. So it just seems like we're due, basically. We're, we're overdue. So I did a little real quick research. Ooh, that's going to be prophetic in about like three months when something really bad happens to one or both of us. <laughs> um. I, I was curious, actually, uh, what happened in the month that I was born. So uh, the first week of January in the year 1980, yeah. what was going on in the world? Uh, you know what album hit number one in the charts? Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, was this the year the first talkie was released? <laughs> oh, my God. The Wall? The fucking Wall. I was gonna guess Journey, and that would that felt ancient, but the Wall. Do you know what? Oh um, do you know what movie was released that month? Probably one of those Star Wars bullshit. Nothing movies. you've ever heard of, but do you know how many movies were released that month? Four. The whole month. The whole month. There were four movies released. Imagine trying to be an actor back then. Yeah, that whole or year. A writer. I scrolled down that whole year. Four movies a month. Was there some type of strike? No. Like a guild no, situation? As far as wide release movies go, they just weren't making a ton of movies. Huh. Okay. Um, Kramer versus Kramer took home best picture at the Golden Globes. Okay. Uh, President Jimmy Carter announced the boycott of the Olympics in Moscow. Peanut Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's right. Which is fucked because then all these like 26 year old Olympians, uh, hopefuls because of uh, political issues. Bang. Yeah. They just didn't. But wait a second. But the miracle on ice was in 80, wasn't it? Maybe they maybe. Reagan came in and said... Is this one of your like, famous... This was on the website. Factual errors, Bob? No, but this was... Maybe Reagan came in three weeks later and was like, tear down that wall. <laughs> I don't know. So, who knows? The Miracle on Ice... No, that was in Lake Placid. was in Lake Placid in 1980, right? Yeah, winter. But it maybe, I guess... Oh, right, because they split the Olympics that starting in, I think, late. 1992. So, right. that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um... And the number one song, if you want to pull it up, since I didn't do the research, mm-hmm. um, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Bob, please don't go. So, Bob, 
This is the world that I was born into. That's a that's that's really a long time ago. Old shit, bud. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm an old man now. I feel like when we get to my birthday in April, it won't feel that old. I I think you're you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> This was just playing at Good Samaritan Hospital in Suffern, New York. <laughs> this guy was a real swordsman, I imagine. I love you so Wait a second. No way. The original. I want you to know wow. I had no idea. Please don't go. Now that is that's actually nice. That sounds like a nice little song, but from what, a, from a bygone era. When we were when we were in our uh, middle school years, this was the jam. Of course. Please don't go. Please don't go. This song actually like a wave of euphoria and nostalgia washes over me when I hear this. This made me happy immediately. This when is like a special song it. to me. As embarrassing as that is. <laughs> Drop the needle, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh. I can just picture a bunch of supermodels dancing. They were big at this time. What? Wait, what year was this? 92? Uh, I think so. That's what it feels like. If I, yeah, if I made a movie that took place in 92, I would use this song. Like, as the crane shot went over the middle school. It's perfect. They use a great song from this era. I wish I could remember it, but these songs are hard to pick apart unless you're listening to them. Uh, at the end of the Uncut Gems Sandler movie. Oh, nice. They play an awesome 90s uh, elect, you know, dance music jam. Gave you that screener because I'm a good friend. How about that? Well, I watched your dog for like four that's, days, that's and true. that was the price. That is true. Yeah. So I feel like I actually am the good friend. All right. Because when you really balance it out. It's a push. All right. Now, let's get to it. Let's get to business. We are, because it's a special day and Bob is 40. This is 40. Ugh. And not, uh, I mean, it's a great movie by a great director. I didn't mean oh, to. No, he's covering his bases again. I just meant, oh, uh, like. the desperation because of the I'm Hollywood 40. machine. I relate now to Paul Rudd sitting is in Is there more? Let me, let me speak because Bob can't. So pathetic, that movie. I disagree. Paul Rudd plays a super rich dude living where? Pacific Palisades. The Pacific Palisades. He runs his own record label. He has a beautiful wife, perfect children, an awesome house, double SUV scenario, Mercedes. Mercedes. I remember that. And a big hook of the movie is he's having an existential crisis because his record label isn't connecting with people and he may need to downsize his house <laughs> just a little. So very similar problems that I'm going through right now at 40. I get it now. I feel like that was the end of Judd Apatow in a lot of ways. And you can't say that, Bob. I'm not saying that. But I can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You have a TV show now, so Judd Apatow can just make a phone call and your show disappears. Well, that's possible. But the, the movie ended also with like some... It was so Apatowian in the sense that 
There was some like seventies artist that no one cares about that he made the entire like center hook of the movie at the end. I think it was Graham Coxon. <laughs> God. Oh brother. All right. Wait, was it now? It was something like that. Something like that. Like, all right. Let's calm down. Um Let's get back on track. We're talking about Oasis. Oh, yeah. Oasis. Uh, one of our favorite bands of all time. I believe, and it's only right, Bob, on this special day in the garage. Graham, Graham Parker. Graham Parker. The yes. special night in the garage that uh, we do Oasis, the band that we started this podcast with once upon a time, about two and a half years ago. And they also now become the first member, you know, the famous SNL Five Timers Club. Of course. Oasis is the first member of the three-timer club. And as they should be. We would have never started this podcast had you not uh, got me to meet you at a bar on Pico Mm -hmm. and suggest that we start an Oasis podcast. Yes, that was the original idea, that we would go through each Oasis album, uh, everyone, even standing on the shoulder of giants. I mean, every Oasis album. All five or six of them. (laughs) Um, And critique each track and have fun with it. Uh, and then it blossomed into this idea. Uh, but yeah, we owe, it's actually kind of stunning. What is this, like our 95th episode? Yeah, we're in the 90s. Uh, so Be Here Now is our first episode. And What's the Story Morning Glory is probably like the 50th or 60th, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here we are now with Definitely Maybe, which I I think this is a perfect pick, Bob, for your 40th birthday show because you have long stated that this is your favorite Oasis favorite Oasis album and I love that this is the one catapulting us into the 2020s I like starting the decade off with Oasis that's nice it is that's are we going to be doing this pod next January yes or no who knows I don't maybe yes yeah we're still going to be doing it I'm still going to be doing it you're going to be too big I don't think um, I'm going to be doing it with Kevin Hansis your brother (laughs) That that would be fun. I'd be very interested to hear Kevin Danger hands us. Do you think he would uh, promote it better than you? Yes. Oh, good. I think anyone would promote it better than me. Accurate. So um, we're going to get into definitely maybe the debut album by Oasis. Uh, one of the most important albums uh, in the 90s. One of the most important albums, period, ever in the UK, where Oasis is from. From Manchester. Wait, wait, what? Where are they? They're from the UK? They are. I thought they were from Connecticut. Yeah. No, I thought oh. Baltimore. I yeah. thought they were from Baltimore and Connecticut, one of the I could have, eastern towns. I could have sworn they were like, we're Oasis. We're from the tri-state area. <laughs> Call the law officers of Richard P. Ninemark, because sometimes accidents happen. Um, so we're going to hit it, Bob. And it came out, of course, in 1994, which, to me, remains the greatest year of music in our lifetime. I think it was. Uh, and in 1994... It would have been, see, this is a blind spot for me because I knew of the two big singles from this album from the college rock radio station that we used to listen to, X107, mm-hmm. but I didn't connect and or really pursue the band until the second album came out, What's the Story of Morning Glory. So I don't have any knowledge of when the album came out, so I'll just throw out April uh, 1994. I mean, you're wrong like a... F- you look really stupid right now. This is very strong, this whiskey. <laughs> We're going to fight. Just throw down. August 29th, 1994. Oh, I should have known that because one of the kind of the... It's an album that is almost more of a legend than an actual album at this point. And 
a lot of it was like out of the ashes of the death of Kurt Cobain came the next big thing right. in the rock scene, and it was right. definitely maybe. Um, real quick fun fact before I give you some quick bullet points on August 29th, 1994. Uh, both my wife and my college girlfriend, birthday is August 29th. Anyway, uh, I miss her. Howard Stern dropped out of the New York Gubernator. He didn't want to release his uh, tax returns yep. or his salary. He Wait, slow down, slow down. Which, which girlfriend? Uh, college, uh, Meredith. Ooh, the girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that's great. The girlfriend, yeah. That's good. Is that good? That's Same good. birthday. That reminds me, actually. Oh, good. Let's, get, let's really get into this. My girlfriend that is still, you know, it's still rattling around the brain and won't leave ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Her birthday is next month. This this good, good bourbon. <laughs> Should I call her? Right now. Should I call? That's a good move. Hmm? Like, call her a month before her birthday. Be like, hey, I'm just thinking of you. See my network show? Oh, that's what you're. That's where you're angling for. Okay. You see my fucking network show? <laughs> Maybe that's why you broke up. Are you fucking happy? <laughs> this is good bourbon. This is good bourbon. You think you made the right decision now? <laughs> I feel like it would go well. Because if I call her and send that message right. on her birthday, it could get lost in the shuffle of the day. Especially like with Facebook and everybody's like, oh, happy birthday. No, you have to do it ahead of time. I have a calendar right next to me that has like her birthday circled and I've been Xing off each day right. for 20 years. Right. And you have it circled when you're going you're gonna to get your show and then call about it. Does Heather know that the true first love of your life is celebrating the same birthday? Maybe it's come up. I don't know. No, she doesn't know. Okay. Go on. I'm also pretty sure that your cousin that I was into, same birthday. All right. Howard Stern <laughs> dropped out of the New York Ashley? gubernatorial race. We're just dropping names. Uh, We're dropping whiskey over here. That same month, uh, DNA tests linked O.J. Simpson to the murder of Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. Look out. But turned out not guilty. Well, you know what? The yep. court ruled it. DNA is. A jury of his peers. Yep. Uh, and I stand by the courts. DNA is bullshit. Uh, Jeff Buckley released his album Grace. Uh, what a year in music. Right. Uh, a Pentium computer beat Gary Kasparov in uh, chess. People freaked out about that. Loser. A lot of great movies. Not great movies, but movies that were on for most of our teenage years on various channels, including Airheads, Natural Born Killers. Oh, man. Milk Money. Milk money, that doesn't ring a bell. Ed Harris and Melanie Griffith looking foxy. Okay. In the Army Now, starring Pauly Shore. Oh, wait. Uh, Melanie Griffith, she flashes at yes. Harris. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was a big moment that, for, for pervs. That for was, pervs. I mean, if you're a 14-year-old, yes, that was your first, for me, one of the first real exposures to uh, Milf Boobage. And it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, pretty hot. It's pretty good. Uh, and not the last. Milf boobage. And um, finally, Police Academy 5, Mission to Moscow. Didn't see that one. Oh, no, that was 7. Sorry, <laughs> Mission to Moscow. The last one I saw was the one where they all go up in hot air balloons. I think that's four. I mean, there were so many good ones, it's hard to, it's hard to separate. What was the one where the, um, the police chief thinks he's part of a tactical training exercise the entire movie? <laughs> and you would imagine for him to not understand for 
90 minutes that he would have Down syndrome. Was but that Commandant Lassard? Yes, yeah. Lassard, who had just nothing going on upstairs. No, no, he was a big old dolt. All right, so since we are, Bob, um, talking about one of the most important UK albums in history, let's stay in the UK and do the number one single in the United Kingdom on this month in 19... Well, it wasn't this month. In August of 1994. I feel it in my finger. Oh, this one. By the way, I'm chasing my whiskey with uh, Red Bull and Tito's. It's going to be a fun night. We're doing two episodes tonight, guys, so stay tuned. You are. It's written on the wind. It's everywhere I go. Oh, yes, it is. So if you really love me, come on and let it show. Oh yeah. You know I love you. I now. Wet, wet, wet. Yeah, which is so gross. 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 This is good. We're checking back in with the UK people who about five years later would decide that Angels by Robbie Williams is the song they'd want to be lowered into the ground. Well, you, you can't be buried to anything by wet, wet, wet. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, but this is a great song. I always thought it was Take That that's saying this, but I must be thinking of a different Take That uh, you think, You're thinking, I era. want you back for good? Isn't that this song? No, that's, I want you back. I want you that's back. That's not this song. No, it's a different song. I do not song. believe you. Well, you still haven't seen Love Actually, right? No. That's a big hole in your pop culture lexicon. It is. Um, it came out right when me and the college girlfriend broke up, right. and I oh, went you, through a deep period of sadness and depression. So which, which rom-coms we're gonna, weren't on the menu. Which we're going to solve tonight when you call her. Um, this song. Stay tuned. This song. Dan ruins his life. <laughs> this song plays a big part of that movie. This song is all over that movie, with a sounds stupid. Nope, with an aging rocker who wants the number one Christmas single, so he does a Christmas version of this song that he kind of torpedoes because it's bullshit but you hear this song throughout the entire movie who plays the aging rocker probably somebody who's like a, a knight over there and means something but prince i can't harry remember. maybe prince harry prince harry stepping back from his duties how about that storyline i got some prince harry stories for you you got some pop i do how about some marco pop i got some little inside hollywood prince harry partying with uh a-lister stories stick a pin in it By the way, respect to the Trogs who actually wrote the damn thing. There you go. Name the other song by the Trogs that we've listened to on this podcast, Bob. Oh, that was recently with um, with Zumwalt when we did the Beatles. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Can you name the song? Wild Thing. Very good, Bob. See, I w- that was testing your mental dexterity because, you know. Because I'm 40 now. Oh, yeah, it feels weird to say it. It's over. It's terrible to say. 
So why why don't we help you, Bob? Take me back. And this time, as you get closer and closer to the ground, to feel young again. Oh, take me to back. To be a rock and roll star. sunshine in this right yeah yeah or shine that this is the well the it's first impo- song ever on the first right. album it's impossible to get predate this but the best one of the best little nuggets about oasis is that noel quickly realized how good at shine uh liam was like nobody's ever said shine better than liam gallagher not even so casey started, and the sunshine shine band never close never yeah. came close so he just added it to so many songs, uh, but it never was as great as it was here. This is the best. And this is the best way to start an album. This is the beginning of one of my favorite albums of all time. You could argue, and people will, but fuck you, you're not in a rented garage right now, that this is the most perfect start to a career slash first album ever. It lays out the entire plan for Oasis, written before they became famous. It, it is a perfect encapsulation of everything that the band was and represented, and that's a pretty, pretty. Uh, that's like hitting a grand slam in your first major league at bat. I mean, if they if it didn't work out, this would have been regarded as a big whiff. Saying I'm a rock and roll star and then you don't make it, but they fucking spoke it into being and they did it and they became the biggest rock and roll stars. In the mid-90s. So good. Guitar. Uh. It's the fifth and final single released off Definitely Maybe. Uh, and Noel Gallagher said of Rock and Roll Star, it was one of only three songs in which he wanted to say something. Here's the quote. I've pretty much summed up everything I wanted to say in Rock and Roll Star, Live Forever, and Cigarettes and Alcohol. After that, I'm repeating myself, but in a different way. That's Love perfect. that. This was right, a few things. I have a very distinct memory of listening to this. Before music was at your fingertips at all times, the Tower Records listening station was a big place to find music. And I remember after hearing their first single or seeing their first single on MTV for the first time, going to Tower Records 
and finding their CD at the listening station and pressing play and this song comes on first and just standing there like, holy shit, mm. I love this. Like right away, it just got me. And this part right here where it falls apart. Awesome. I imagine Liam, who misses Oasis so much. So much. On the way, um, ironically, on the way, or coincidentally, uh, to London uh, for our podcast in October, I watched the Liam Gallagher documentary. Yeah. And um, it was kind of sad to watch. You just, you saw it. It was the hurt that he, he thought this would have been over by now. They had their last fight, Liam and Nolan, I think the summer of 2008 or nine and um, clearly Liam thought it would have blown over by now, but Noel right. at some point decided he just didn't need it. Done. He didn't want to do it. Done. It hasn't, it's not something that a scratch that he needs to itch anymore. Uh, but that's the song that I bet. And I know he sings it live still Liam when he does his solo shows and all that. And, um, uh, but I bet that's the song he misses the most thing that because that's Liam. It was not only, a perfect song for Oasis to kind of announce themselves, but it was, it was kind of Liam's uh, hello to the world and it couldn't be more perfect. Who misses who more Liam to Noel or you to your college sweetheart? Well, that's, here's the difference. When I make this phone call, right. end of the episode. Yeah. That's all set. Done. Back. Reunited. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's the goal of this so, phone call. I, I need to so, think about what the goal of the phone call is. I know, because this is going to really get murky. Because I'm not going to make the phone call unless I have a, a real goal. And the goal is not to get back no, don't, together. Wait, are you back? Are you backing out of it? You're making the phone call. You have to. I think most of it was just to it's, let her know I have a TV show. It's 2020. You have to make the phone call. You've been saying since 1999, I'm going to call her in 2020 and get her back. All right. Well, if you say so, I'll trust you. Trust me, I'm 40. I'm old. I know what I'm talking. I know what I'm talking about. Maker. Track two. Before we get into this one, just one last thing to say about Rock and Roll Star. The Oasis movie Supersonic that came out a few years ago. Brilliant. Watch it on Netflix if you haven't. Yes. You and I went to the premiere down in Santa Monica, and it was basically like going to a concert. It was people were drinking, and you were in a theater full of Oasis fans, 
because there were very limited screenings. So it was it was an event. But um, the section where they talk about that song and the way they threw it out because it just wasn't working and they brought in a new producer to like beef up the guitars and layer it and really make it sound like you were at a rock and roll show. If you ever wonder like, what does a record producer do? There it is. Like, yeah. They produced the fuck out of that song and made it what it had to be. And I think it just, like you said, sets off their entire career on the right foot. It's kind of an infamous song in their history in that it was, uh, the melody was lifted from, I'd like to teach the world to sing the famous Coca-Cola jingle right. from the early 70s, uh, which led to, I believe, and it wasn't the first instance, Noel having to give up some uh, royalties uh, to another songwriter. It's kind of part of the Oasis uh, mythos is that they stole a lot. Stevie Wonder got money on the next album right? Uh, for Step Out. They Actually, Step Out was supposed to be on What's the Story, Morning Glory, but it sounded too much like a Stevie Wonder song, and they had to pull it off the album. I didn't know that. Yes. And they put, I think, Hey Now maybe went in its place. Something like that. One of those stories. I never, I never really loved this song. I love that it's so Oasis, and it couldn't be anybody else. Um, but I, this is not the song that when I turn on Definitely Maybe that I go right to. If I were making a mix of like the, my 40 favorite Oasis songs, this one would not make it. But I do think it's a good track, too, and I think it doesn't hurt the album at all. One thing you can't overlook when talking about the first two Oasis albums is the import and uh, CDs, the singles, and the B-sides on the singles, uh, which became Holy Grail for Oasis fans. And if you were in the UK, it was very easy because you just bought the singles to the album, and Noel was just knocking out three album-level tracks, mm-hmm. uh, two to three album-level tracks on the B-sides of each of these single releases, um, which he lived to regret. Uh, but if you lived in the US, it was much more difficult to find the import singles uh, and when you did it was like you pieced together a whole other mm-hmm. oasis album that you loved uh, i bring that up because one of my favorite kind of tossed off noel songs is a b-side of shaker maker do you want to be a spaceman yeah Seen your face round since I was a kid. You're bringing back those memories of the things that we did. You're hanging round and climbing trees, pretending to fly. Do you want to be a spaceman and live in the sky? You got a how many bills to pay and how many kids and you forgot about the things that I love Noel's voice. So this is a this is a 40-year-old man thing that you're about to, you know, you're almost 40. So uh, we're going to be telling our kids about our trips into New York City to go to the Virgin Mega Store where you could find all of these UK singles in Times Square. It was so exciting. Like that was the holy grail, like getting off the bus at the Port Authority, stopping at Virgin Mega Store, going downstairs in the import section and finding these imports that you couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah, that was that was the best part of going to the city. It really was. That era. And remember that on that same trip, we talked to our friend Mike Dude-Love, evangelist, out of buying the Sarah McLaughlin building a mystery single, <laughs> which just seemed like a weird purchase. Was it an import? 
songs on the radio all the time. <laughs> Why do you need it? Why do you need and it? And you Mike? know what? That's a pretty good song. I like not, building. Not Mister. a bad song. You know what? Probably shot by McLaughlin. But. Would have been the best CD Mike owned. <laughs> I mean, Mike famously owned the Godzilla soundtrack, so that would have been up there. Uh, my good college buddy Elliot Evans, who's a great guy, uh, and uh, he reached out to me this week. One of the best things about um, some of the things I've been doing at the NFL, the power rankings, which has led to my name being at the bottom of the network screen all the time. And now this TV show that we just started for Run the NFL is people reaching out to me. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw your name here, but awesome. Elliot hadn't heard from a while, and he texted me just today, listened to a bunch of throwback podcasts recently, uh, and he added, my only ask is that you guys have a special edition pod where you break down either the Godzilla soundtrack, <laughs> Jock Jams Volume 1, or Zombie Nation with our friend Mike. And Mike, of course, Dude Love is our buddy who, in addition to almost purchasing Building a Mystery, the single, um, his favorite album of our senior year of high school was the Godzilla soundtrack. Yes, because he liked the Puff Daddy, Jimmy Page collaboration, <laughs> Come With Me. He is also the guy that um, would shave his full body uh, in the bathroom in preparation for a big night out in college when we both went to Northeastern together. And he'd do it while blasting Jock Jams, yep. Volume 1. We've talked about that. Which we've talked about on the show. Zombie Nation. Don't know what that is. Well, let's dig in on that one. It's probably some EDM thing because Mike also... Let's ruin Mike's life. Mike also... <laughs> was very successful, by the way. Very successful. He was also one of these kids that went to college and then discovered that he was into like EDM house music yes. at the time and got really good at dancing with glow sticks. He was tremendous. At it. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where at his wedding... We uh, smuggled in a bunch of glow sticks and they were distributed and everybody danced with glow sticks at his wedding. <laughs> that was a nice touch by us. All right. Up next is my favorite Oasis song. Uh, one of the greatest songs uh, of the past 25 years. Well, now it's 26, Bob. Um, and Why was that directed to me? Uh, just because you're old. And uh, what else needs to be said? It's a perfect fucking rock song. This song has the where were you on level of nostalgia for me of like, I know exactly where I was the first time I heard the song. Do you know where you were the first time you heard the song? No. I remember I was in my mom's room. We had two TVs in our house, living room and an older one in my mom's room where the remote was connected to a VCR by cord. <laughs> it was before like a remote was a remote, but we still had turned 40 this week. <laughs> and I was watching 
alternative nation in there. And I wish I remembered the VJ. It was probably Sensio. But uh had to be Sensio. Had to be John Sensio. Just building up like here are these guys from the UK. This is a big song over there. And it's like the debut of it might have been 120 minutes. It might have been Pinfield. I can't remember. But I remember it was like a big setup. And it was like, here they are, Oasis. And I watched the video, which was a great video. Might have been John Norris. Could I have been. know what you're talking about. It was like a really big setup. And I was yeah. watching it like on the floor next to my mom's bed, watching on this old ass TV. And I was just, holy shit, that's, that is one of the best songs I've ever heard. Right away. It's a perfect song. It's a perfect song. I love, you know, I've always been a sucker for big anthems, and they never did it better than this. And I love big, hooky, um, optimistic. There's no, it's not like even. You don't even really know what he's talking about. It's just talking about, I want to fly, I want to be free. It's like, there's nothing deep about it, and that's kind of the point of it. It's just this like guy, and again, playing right into the, the legend story of Oasis. It was Noel Gallagher sitting in his shitty bedroom, just knocking these songs out on an acoustic guitar, just dreaming of like a better life, and it happened. It all happened. Uh, you, anybody, you could hate Oasis if you want, or say they're overrated, but what what they were able to do, there's a lot of artists that wrote about songs before they got famous about being rock stars, uh, but it never felt as authentic as it did with the Oasis in this album. I agree with everything you said except for one thing. What? You can't hate Oasis. Oh, yes, you can. No, I don't think and you a can. a lot of people do. Here's why, though. I think you could have hated Oasis, but in 2020, I think you can't hate Oasis. I think if you hate Oasis now... You're just holding in some shit from your from your youth because there's no good well, I reason. I don't know. Why, Bob? There's no good reason to hate them. Yes, what, there is. What are you hearing? Let me, let me do the devil's advocate. You could hate. You could hate. And by the what, way, it's either the heat lamp behind me or this whiskey, but I'm on fire right you now. You could. Very warm. <laughs> it's probably both. You could hate what they represented in 1994 through 1999. But the music they made is infallible. You can't hate their music. Now, the devil's advocate side of that, Bob, is these guys were pompous. They were completely in love with themselves. They pilfered much better bands before them and then acted as if they were better than those bands. And they were just generally obnoxious punks. Now, yes, and that's what I I'm love saying. all that about them. But there is there was reason not to like Oasis, and especially that's, but that's in our I'm, country. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm saying what are you, you arguing? You could have hated them then. I'm saying there's no reason to hate them now. If you're listening to this in 2020, well, and nobody still- thinks about them now though. So it's like there that's giving them too much credit. People that hated them now then just think of them as like a 90s artifact. If you're still thinking of them that way, though, and you're an old ass man like me and you're listening to, <laughs> hey, I turned around when I was in my 30s, I listened to Matchbox 20 and I decided they weren't terrible. If you're fucking listening to Oasis in 2020 and you're thinking about they were assholes when they were 23, you're right. an asshole. Okay. You're an asshole. And I think you're the asshole. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bob. You can have a heart attack over there, old man. Um I think I see what you're saying, because if you were 
14 in 1994, which is what we were. And you were one of the people that decided that Oasis sucked. Yeah. And you hated them. Mm -hmm. If you hear that now when you're 40, if you hear Live Forever Now and you and you're still like, that's a bad song. I don't know if I could be friends. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All right. Let's keep going. My my blood pressure got really high there. Oh, no. no. You are on medication for high blood pressure. (laughs) I know. It's not not good. Like when you were like 29. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) What's going on with that? Are you gonna be all right? I mean, do you want to do you want to know what's going on you? with that? Because now we could die this decade. My, I mean, yes. Get that blood pressure. <laughs> it's under control. Great, straightforward rocker. The type of song that didn't really exist on What's the Story of Morning Glory? Yeah. Or really ever again. Um, which is a shame because they were very good at these just straightforward rock songs that were kind of, you could feel Noel writing them just so Liam could just be a snotty, like, badass singing it i that this is perfect again perfect liam fodder that i kind of wish liam or noel went back to this well more often after this album yeah it's interesting that you put it that way because i never stopped liking their albums but this is my favorite album of theirs and it is their most straightforward rock album and i guess i did miss songs like this in the future even though obviously what's the story is a brilliant album and uh, the ones that came after that had great moments. But like, this is a rock album. What's the Story was definitely more melodic and it has more strings on it. It's just right. more thought out. Right. Um, as a, I guess, piece of art, if you want to put it that way. Whereas this is just, to me, just like their straight ahead rock album, which they would try to replicate later. But you, once you're like a big, fat, rich ba- rock band, you can't get that vein back. That's kind of gone... Once, once you, so maybe like there is a case to be made. I don't want to fuck around ever with my favorite one-two punch ever is definitely maybe into what's the story, but is, is there another timeline where they put out another definitely maybe type album filled with rockers and a, a couple anthems and then went to the next stage of their career, which is the more melodic uh, pop oriented what's a story that's a, a what if i guess in the i think they were that. always on their way there because if you listen to the master plan everything that they were doing that wasn't on the albums was that more melodic strings kind of an- anthematic music so i think that's who they were deep down this is who they were transitioning into that Just 
But you know what? If you're if you're a rock band and you're performing live and you know you have these big anthems that everybody's going to sing along to and love and in your back pocket you have these fucking rockers mm. to just drop whenever you need them, that's the greatest thing you could ask for. And we had and we saw them a bunch of times um you know, really from 97 through their breakup in 2009 and it was always great when one of these songs turned up. Speaking of which. Speaking of which. Oh, by the way, this is a little window, Bob. Mm. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. That's how people connect with us. That is. I mean, they're the reason we're still doing this in 2020. When we started this Oasis podcast back in 2017, we were with a network. They said, uh, oh, we're we're not going to keep you around. NFL Network? So we went solo. No, that's your other podcast. We went solo. We went talking about headgum. We went Are indie. Are they still a thing? I don't know. We went indie. I'm gonna look it up and, and see if headgum. Thanks still to exists. they're still around. And thanks to you guys at Patreon.com. I'm gonna call my ex uh, girlfriend. You're gonna call headgum. <laughs> We're Patreon. both gonna try to get back together. Com slash throwback pod. You guys are keeping us alive. Thank you to our sponsors, Courtney and Wyatt, Bruno the sponsor, everybody that kicks in two dollars a month, six dollars a month to vote in our polls. You guys are the best. Thank you for making this podcast go into the 2020s. Who saw that coming? I'm looking at this roster and I don't get it. Don't. I mean, you've already kind of ruined my career with Apatow. and mighty podcast with john gave us that is good stuff yes always okay so they have one good podcast we got to bring gabers back would love to get gabers back in the Let's get him back in the rented garage all right so columbia is a song that i feel is a little bit overlooked in the oasis canon especially when you talk about their great rock songs because again this one is it is not it's not very deep. It's just all cock and balls and testosterone testosterone and it's it's about being young, dumb, and full of cum. Don't say I, I thought you were gonna stop before the end. Uh, yeah. No. Full of cum. Perfect song. Perfect song. And nailed it. And this one this one lingers. It goes over six minutes. But where in later years on, say, uh, Be Here Now, songs went six minutes just because somebody forgot to turn the record button off. <laughs> right. And they just, you know, it was just uh, outrageous how bloated those songs felt uh, when you got some distance. This doesn't feel that way. This is just like a, a great song where you could tell they're enjoying it's like they found a really good groove in this song yep. and it makes sense to just kind of draw it out and um, just rock out basically. They just show what they can do. They're not a live for, I mean, live forever 
is such a tight song. So it's just kind of flexing their muscle. Like we could do, we could do anything. And this doesn't even, it's interesting you say tight because I don't think. Oh no, they're not musicians. Like, they're not turning into fish here. We're obviously we are, we're we are established musicians. Why uh, would we have a music podcast if we were not? We know several, we know like two songs on guitar. Um, well, two plus two. So like four songs on guitar. Right. Total. I could be, I could play the beginning of stand by me by Oasis. Right. Um, I, could, I could play some of blister in the sun by, by the violent femmes. So we can say this, but right. none of this, uh, none of this album, even live forever. Nothing felt like it was uh okay. Computer by Radiohead. It, 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 it sounded like a bunch of young, like shitbirds from some podunk town in England hitting something special. And sure enough, come the next album, they fired the drummer because he was so horrendous. Right. I worked with a guy. I brought up this guy before. I think on the Beatles podcast, I brought him up. The dude in the mailroom with the drinking problem uh, at my mom's old job um, when I was in college. And he was a big music fan and also a major, you know, had a major drinking problem and seemed to be to quite like cocaine. Um, but he had an ear for music. And he was a big Beatles guy, and I used to bring in tapes and play Oasis. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of his first comments was, "This drummer is so bad." <laughs> wow! So and, he knew. And it's like it does. You could, I guess, I could even kind of hear it. Sounds a little sloppy. Like it, it sounds yeah. like somebody from a bar band. And then, and speaking of that great documentary, uh, "Feeling Supersonic," uh, Noel is very matter of fact, as you might imagine Noel Gallagher to be, and he's like. I knew as I was writing the songs for What's the Story that they were more up. sophisticated and we needed a new drummer. And sure enough, they sacked Tony McCarroll. I mean, fucking drummers. Nobody has it worse. How's your band going? How's that coming along? To fire the drummer. What's the name of the band again? The Dad Bods. The Dad Bods. You fired the drummer. Fired the drummer. Who was the drummer? Some loser couldn't keep up. Some piece of shit. Some piece of shit. Some sloppy piece of shit. It was the guy from Oasis, actually. Was, Tony McCarroll? He was trying to rebound with a bar band in Pasadena and just couldn't do it. Could not do it. Tony McCarroll also made the huge mistake of uh, accepting the lump sum court payout when he sued the band inevitably rather than taking a piece of the royalties. Hmm. So good job, Tony. Now you're in the dad bods. So I was, hey, we're, we're, on, we're, go, we're on our way up. I was. Um, Have you picked up that guitar in the last six months? Not ironically. Not ironically. No. But it's going to happen. It's on its way. But I'm 40 now. I'm ready to start. All good musicians start at 40. That's where it really begins. Remember that terrible um, live CD, Familiar to Millions, that they put out? Yeah. During the intro to this song at Wembley Stadium in front of 90,000 people, Liam turns to Noel and openly taunts him for his failure to write more songs like this and he goes hey no how about you write a couple more of these babies (laughs) (laughs) asshole I need to be
first single off Definitely Maybe, released the week after Kurt Cobain committed suicide in his garage. Never put that one on the board before. I think he owned that garage, though. Maybe that's the that's the maybe that's why we shouldn't buy. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, it is supersonic. It was a hit on modern rock radio in the United States. It broke them here. Uh, not broke them wide open. Not that really. didn't come until right. Wonderwall. But it put them on the map here. And uh, I never, ever, ever get sick of this song. A great fucking rock song. This song has grown into my favorite Oasis song. I, I'm glad you say that because it, for a song that's as well known in their catalog, it, I feel like it could be overlooked. Because it's a little bit basic, if you will, when you go through their hits. Because it was, oh, that was one of the two big hits on this album. It's like, all right, what else? People gravitate towards the What's the Story songs or Live Forever. But I don't remember this being as big of a hit as Live Forever back in the day. This was a song that was big for them at the time. But it was definitely overshadowed by everything that came from What's the Story. I think Live Forever benefited from... Um, a little bit of time passing right? and then the nature of the song that was such a beautiful perfect anthem it kind of again the legend of Oasis made that song more important but I think Supersonic was the bigger song Uh, let me check I'm curious about that but yeah this is a song that of course I loved in 94 95 and then just kind of rode the wave of Oasis wherever they went I went with them and then probably 10 years ago kind of rediscovered this song and realized like I think this is my favorite Oasis song I don't think I've ever enjoyed a song more than this this song was a bigger hit than Supersonic it reached number two than Live Forever uh, Live Forever is a bigger hit than Supersonic this right. reached number two on the modern rock charts and Supersonic uh, what are you saying this is, super, this is Supersonic Live Forever reached number two. Supersonic reached around 10, whatever okay. I said it was. got it. Uh, but they're both big, legitimate big radio hits right, in the right. U.S. And uh, in the U.K., Live Forever was a bigger song okay. than Supersonic. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm introducing somebody to Oasis, I'm probably playing Live Forever because I think it's more accessible. But this is a better, to me, a better rock song. And again, a that, perfect um, encapsulation of who they are. Oh, 100%. In a different way. You know, Live Forever tells the story of Oasis in one way. Rock and Roll Star does it in another way. And um, Supersonic does it in yet another way. I think Supersonic is just so fucking cool. It is. Like, that would be a great song to perform live. If I could pick, like, a rock song, if I could be given the skills of a lead singer and become Liam Gallagher for a day... You could make the argument Supersonic is the song to play when you hit the stage. We're going to we're gonna do it with the dad bods. You can come on stage with us. More like dad blobs. Come on. Well, you know, are you going to go to the gym every day? I went I went on my birthday, and I was like, I'm going to run 10 miles, and I ran two. Well, here, <laughs> so, here's the more important question, Bob. Did you go the day after your birthday? No, I'm sore today. Today's the day after. <laughs> I'm very sore.
This is a song that Noel wrote before he even knew who Blur was. This is his feud song with Blur. <laughs> it's like, we are the working class. Yep. We are the overlooked. We are going to fucking win. And we're going to beat all you blue bloods out there. It's a good move. And again, the type of song that didn't show up nearly enough, I feel like, in subsequent albums. But maybe they could never write this type of music after that first album. Maybe this, this is the song's... These were the songs they could write before they hit it big. And you just can't replicate that. Yeah, you're writing it at home. You're not on the road. You're not like in. You're not rich. You're not rich. You don't get to have sex with every girl you want. I mean, probably most of them. What? You're still in a rock band. You're probably still having sex with most of the girls you want. Before they were famous, you think they were laying wood? Of course they were. That's why you're in a rock band. But it's not like. But not at the level. Not at the level. Right. Right. Another one Liam misses. To quote to quote quote a Canadian friend of mine, you're not getting the quality mitt. You're getting the you're just getting the mitt that's thrown at you. He's Canadian. So mitt, mitt is the greatest word I've ever heard. Like a like a like a catcher's mitt? Yeah. I'd like to see his uh <laughs> Conquest. Oh yeah, quality mid over there. <laughs> All right, Bob. We we said it before. I read it before that Noel said he wrote three songs of of you know that mattered early in his life: "Live Forever," uh, "Rock and Roll Star," mm-hmm. and this song, "Cigarettes and Alcohol." Which then pay attention to the lyrics because he said every other song was kind of a derivative. Or based off the idea of this song. So let's. This is a good one to listen to the lyrics because I know these people in England after a couple of trips, they connect with this show. Oh, yeah. Well, this he's basically inventing his own language in this song. Every other line is just like he's adding syllables. I mean, if you hate Oasis, you would hate this. Um, yeah, one of the things that I love most about the Brits, um, that, this wonderful relationship between the Around the NFL podcast and the UK, and when we got over there, it's so refreshing and fun to understand the culture over there and how important it is and how proud uh, especially our listeners are mostly you know men our age it's so important to like get together with your lads go down to the pub and just stay there for like nine hours and yeah. drink like is that's like that's something that you brag about it's like oh yeah mate I just get together and we 
You know, we drink about 12 you know, pints and we, you know, watch some footy and we just have, have a great day of it. And it's like I always I kept on being told told a similar type of story when I was meeting all these people. And I kept thinking, like, where's your wife at? Where's the missus? Right, because that's what we say. that's what we did in our twenties pre family. Yeah, it seems like it's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they hold on. They hold on to it. Maybe they're just saying that because they were trying to uh, pump up what they were doing in their life at that point. But like, it sounded like that's still a big part of the culture, even when you're married. Like you can you have the option of disappearing for eleven hours to drink and watch soccer oh, and great. and just fuck around with your friends and I presumably sing this song when it comes on the jukebox throw darts uh, watch soccer uh, drink beer and just fuck around for like 9 to 12 hours straight Mm -hmm. on like a Thursday well I think that when are we moving there well here's the thing I think that your your job with the NFL has kind of negatively impacted both of our lives (laughs) I know it's like it's helped you in a lot of ways and everything but Okay, go on. Before you worked at the NFL and you were tied up every Sunday watching football in an office, we were going to bars and watching football. Yes. And big it, wangs in Hollywood. I know. Yes. It was back in New York or here in Hollywood. But it was established when I got married. Like, oh, on Sundays, I watch football and I drink and I don't do anything. Right. That was your day. And then even when we had our first Sundine, it was like, well, it's Sunday. I'm not going to do anything. It was kind right. of like I was able to hold it. But then when you disappeared because you were working, quote unquote. Well, you don't put it in quotes. I was. I have not had a Sunday off during football season in literally 10 years. Right. But you didn't. You never thought about how that affected me. <laughs> so it was no longer like we were watching football together. So then it started becoming like, well, who are you watching football with? And it's like, oh, I got I to gotta find people to watch football with. <laughs> it became a whole other thing. So I lost that. Over the last few years. Right. But you you could have... You really been, could have... It would have been a hard sell. You could have sold it as, I, I can't miss my Giants. I can't miss them, honey. They're I, my team. I, I was able to it. get away with that for a couple of years with Dean. But then once we had two, it was over. Okay. Completely. I can't apologize for that. Back then. It's mostly your fault. I was trying to make a living. Well, do something else. All right. Here we go. Digsy's Diner. Throwaway banger. Just to put a button on it, Bob, I fucking love those people over there. Maybe it's the whiskey talking, and this stuff's strong. This is great. I want a little more. But every time, and you will get some, Bob, every time we go to the UK, I feel like I'm home. And as a man with Irish blood, that's, you know, you're not supposed to say those Don't things. Don't say that, yeah. But I do love it in London. Uh, we actually, while I was pouring you your second glass of confiscated. Is it confiscated? It's, it says confiscated. C- confiscated Kentucky Owl. And I highly... Oh, wait, hang on. That's my favorite part of the album, though. Really? I mean, I love it. 
I just feel like it perfectly captures yeah. the moment and the spirit of the album. These could be the best days of our lives, but I don't think we're living very wise. It should have been your senior quote. It actually was in the running. That would have been great instead of uh, the Mike Myers. I asked for <laughs> sharks with freaking laser beams on their head. Well, <laughs> no, it was Oasis actually. Oh, well, you had two. Did I? You did have an Austin Powers quote. How do you know this and I don't? Because we both had two. I remember that. Stupid. One of yours was Mike Myers <laughs> from Austin Powers. Um, Austin Powers was like a underground cult classic. It was, point. yeah. Not not anymore. No. Didn't age well. I went with All Around the World, as we talked about on our first ever podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, way back when. That was the choice. Right. These are crazy days, but they make me shine. Time keeps rolling by. It That's wasn't Pigs Don't Fly, Never Say Die. <laughs> Pigs Don't Fly, Never Say Die. <laughs> All right, here we go. A Total Beauty. Speaking of which, is, is it time to make a call? Um, how are you feeling? Feeling loose, feeling like a message needs to be sent. Feeling like uh, I need to shoot a flare out there and just put it on the radar. How did she feel about Oasis? She, like many girlfriends, was kind of, ah, you know, you try. I feel like Oasis mileage varied with women. I agree with that. Uh, men, absolutely. Yeah. True love of my life, life, my wife, I put this on early mix CD for her, and she liked it, and that was a major check in her favor. Am I crazy, or does this sound even better in 2020? It does. It's it's Because it's a lot, it's definitely, um, especially after what we've heard to this point, um, there was definitely a theme for all the songs, and it was you know youth and rebellion and the big dreaming. This one actually has a little more nuance to it, and it's Liam a little bit more emotional, yeah, and a little bit more vulnerable, which doesn't exist anywhere else on this album. Uh, and this more of this would come on "What's the Story." So I think this song, more than any other song, is kind of a bridge between the two albums. That makes sense. And I would say, if I had to pick one song to listen to off the album in 2020, it's it's probably "Slide Away." That makes sense. I love the song. There's an awesome, um, right when Napster hit, five years after this album came out, mm-hmm. that was a goldmine, obviously, for searching out your favorite bands, finding new, new music, but also 
searching your favorite bands and finding bootlegs, uh, B-sides, demos, and also live performances. And there's a incredible Napster-era Noel solo acoustic performance of this song. I believe it was a show in Chicago because uh, that would what that's what would pop up slide away in Chicago mm-hmm. and it was just Noel and a guitar and it was fucking gorgeous uh, and I think it's kind of uh, maybe lost a little bit now because thing you know music is different now in terms of how you can get it but that I remember being one of my favorite uh, file sharing conquests was slide away acoustic with Noel so as we're as we're listening, I'm pulling up the set lists from the different concerts we've seen, and I don't think I saw them play this until we saw them in 2008. Really? At the Palms in Las Vegas. Oh, that was an interesting show. That was an interesting show. They played this in the middle of their set after Songbird. This was near the end for Oasis, which you can kind of sense. I don't think we knew that was going to be the last time we ever saw them. Yeah. I, by the way, I love YouTube. Some guy named Thiago, Thiago Aguiar two months ago uploaded Oasis Slide Away Acoustic Chicago 1998. Nice. We'll just listen to a little bit of that. January 17th, 1998 at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Sounds good. Slide away. Give it all you got. My today fell in from the top. A dream of you and all the things you say. I wonder where you are now. Hold me down. It's all the world's asleep. Need you now. You got me on my knees, and I dream of you, and the thought of growing old. Let me get to the end of the song, which is you know that great ending, coda of the song, which he actually absolutely destroys. Speaking of YouTube, I think we've mentioned this. The first Oasis concert we ever went to is uploaded fully onto YouTube. Really. Oh, yeah, no, we've watched that before. We've watched it, but I don't know if we've talked about it yes. on the pod. We may have. It's uh, live in New York, Hammerstein Ballroom, 1997. October 97. We'll tweet it out. But, yeah, that was our first ever Oasis concert. The whole concert's online. That's awesome. All right, let's listen to this part. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is you can take me there. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is you can take me there. I don't know. I don't care. You can take me there, 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 take me there. All I know is you can take me there, you gotta take me there, 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 take me there. Holy shit. I can't even think how many times I listened to this version of college. So good. Speaking of college, I think... Thiago Aguiar shouts, you're the man. I bet you and uh, you and Liz were just listening to this together. Cuddled up in that... Where's those, my phone? Those tiny dorm room beds that were so small. Where's my phone? So you had no choice but to get nice and close. 
That's a perfect seg, Bob, to the final track of Definitely Maybe, Married with Children. <laughs> It's also a pretty short song, so this ended up at the end of a lot of mixtapes for me. When when you had just about two minutes, two yep. and a half minutes, yes. Married with Children was always a great choice. And it's a great little song. This taught me what uh, people from Manchester actually sounded like. Yeah, your music's shite. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They don't all add six syllables to the word shine. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I mean, have you met anyone else from Manchester? I've never met anybody from Manchester. Every time I met somebody from Manchester at one of our podcast shows, first thing I said, hey, Oasis. And they're always like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's what we got. Yep. (laughs) Cut the bullshit, bro. Yeah. I'm defined by more than just (laughs) a band from the 90s. No, you're not. You're not that. All right, there you go, Bob. That is definitely maybe that is one of the most important albums of our uh, collective lives. For us. No big deal. Especially for us. That's a perfect one for uh, your 40th birthday, Bob. What a gift. That was a gift from me to you because it was my idea to do it. Well, as the biggest Oasis fan I know, thank you for that gift. You're so generous. How about the fucking $200 bottle of whiskey, you fuck? Oh, my God. That's a expense a bottle of whiskey i love it give me the phone where's your phone <laughs> you know she what? needs to know that i have that bottle of whiskey here's we'll let her know that you'll let her know you have a show uh you still have all your hair the whiskey we'll let her know about the hair she probably liked your hair, hair. back then still got all the hair yeah okay tell her that um anything else that you no, no that's it okay she needs to know nothing else um you're you're you've produced offspring so it, it works Progeny. turns out it works Pipes are clean. Pipes are clean. So maybe got, that's how I open. That's a good open. Hey. Hey. What's up? You know the voice. Pipes are clean. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. If you had your doubts. On August 29th, I'll do that same thing to everybody I've loved that has the same birthday as my wife. So we'll just make that same call. Pipes are clean. That's good. How's the mitt holding up? <laughs> oh, no. I think we got a lot going on. 
How broken is that mitt? Oh, no. Um, we need to choose a song for the Throwback Podcast playlist, Bob. We do. At the end of every episode, we pick one song to add to our Spotify Throwback Podcast it's playlist. It's your fucking birthday, so you, you get to pick it. Don't say it like that. Nah, I, you know, no, you deserve it. I'm going to do what I like to do. I'm going to throw out two different options, and I want you, okay. you to make the final okay. call. Slide Away, we're both responding to as old fucking men. It still sounds great. There is something about it. It sounds better Maybe with some maturity. Better. Yes. Yes. But I'm never not happy to hear Supersonic. So that's the bigger song. That's the one that takes us back to 94. So if it's Supersonic or Slide Away, I would be equally excited. One represents our youth. One represents the present. I will let you pick where we're going. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken... We chose Don't Go Away for the playlist for Be Here Now. We chose we Some Might Say, I believe, for What's the Story Morning Glory that for the playlist. Right. Yep. Um, so we haven't picked a song that is quote unquote obvious, which Supersonic would qualify as. Slide Away so good, dude. But you know what? Let's go Supersonic. Let's do it. It's it's a good rocker. It's a good way to start 2020. Great way to start 2020. and Because uh, we're still young, Dan. We're still young. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good way to start 2020. Check us out on Instagram. I feel great. I ran two miles. You were trying to run 10. I so was aiming for 10. 20% of what you wanted to do. I was aiming for 10. Then when I got on the treadmill. Did you really aim for 10 miles? No. When I got on the treadmill, I was like, I'm going to try to do four. That's the last time you ran 10 miles. I've never run 10 miles. <laughs> it would have been, I mean, it would have been tragic, but also a little bit funny that if you tried to run 10 miles on your 40th yeah. birthday and then died. That was the plan. The plan was to die on my 40th birthday by running 10 miles at a Gold's Gym in Arcadia. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> Throwback Pod at Instagram. Tweet us at Throwback Pod on Twitter. The Throwback Pod on Gmail. And especially in the new year in January is, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, depression is a real thing. If you want to get something off your chest and, and no, put it on Bob. I don't need that right essentially now. Essentially, take the weight off you and put it onto Bob, uh, thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. And yes, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Uh, give as little as $2.00. Uh, give more if, if you, uh, you know, if you're a good person. Yeah. And I've got a new part of this call to action. Tell your friends. How about that? Oh, that's Because good. get this. We, we always say how nobody listens. We're getting bigger every month. So be a part of that. Tell that's your friends. That's disappointing. What? Because I've put in a lot of non-work. I know you have. To not let us grow. Somehow we keep getting bigger. Damn so it. tell your friends. Don't let Dan bring you down. <sighs> All right. But also on uh, iTunes, leave reviews and stars because that brings heat. That and helps That brings too. pop and that helps us. All right. Bob, happy birthday. Thank you. 40 more for you. All right, let's call Liz. 37 more. No, like 7 to 12 more. All right, give me the phone. It's time. You need to be a sad.